And welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio show. So we had such a great conversation a few weeks ago with Dr. Gillespie. So I asked him if he would please come back on. And for those of you who have been following me on social media, you've been noticing that I've been posting a lot of stuff about my adrenal health. And uh, Dr. Gillespie is the one who's been treating me on my adrenal health. And the same with my boyfriend. He's been really helping him out too. So um, this is really exciting for me. I've gotten a lot of questions from clients and from fans and from you listeners. So um, yeah, I'm super excited about this. I'm going to have Dr. Gillespie go through more of the basics so you can really understand um, this whole entire process as a, a larger picture. And um, and then we're going to go into some of the things that we, um, we commonly treat ourselves with or doctors prescribe to us and how that can be um, even detrimental. So welcome. Thanks so much, Stephanie, and uh, thanks for inviting me back. And uh, it's been a, a wild month since we last spoke, and uh, there's been a lot of things happening in the office, and it's been really exciting. And uh, we've seen a lot of your colleagues and friends, and uh, they've really helped me out a lot, and uh, I'm excited to be back. Thanks very much. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, listeners, you're going to be really, really excited, too, to hear a lot of this stuff. Because, um, I, I, like I said, the first time I interviewed Dr. Gillespie and um, Dr. Jemerson was here, too, we just had so much fun. So let's just jump right into it. Um, I want to start with gut health. Let's talk about gut health. Yes. And I'm going to take it back a little bit first, actually, because... Um, it's, we're talking about a new paradigm of health here. We're talking about something called functional medicine. And it's still in its early days. Uh, but it's been around for several years, and there's a lot of doctors doing practicing functional medicine, but no one's really sure what it's all about. And functional medicine is really a patient-centered approach to healthcare rather than a disease-centered approach to healthcare. So we don't treat disease. We don't treat symptoms. We understand that you have disease and you have symptoms, but we're not really treating those things. We're actually sort of looking for the underlying causes of those disease or those disease processes. And we're looking for underlying causes of symptoms. So for example, someone comes in, a, in with a headache, um, we're not gonna treat the headache with headache medication. We're gonna find out why are you having headaches? Is it a hormonal imbalance? Is it a blood sugar imbalance? Is it a toxic overload? Is it a gut infection or some sort of virus? So without actually sort of finding out what is underneath this headache, you can never actually come up with the, the right solution. And there's a different approach to wh whatever you present with. Um, and so different people will get different protocols based on what their underlying condition is. So it's, that's the big difference between how we sort of help people and how sort of conventional medicine helps people. So it's something called functional medicine. I really advise people to, go I advise people to Google this and, uh, and find out what it really is all about. Um, but I sort of got involved in it because I practice as an osteopath back home in London. And an osteopath is really that you look at the entire body. You find out if someone comes in with a high blood pressure, what is causing that high blood pressure rather than just treating high blood pressure? And so I was always already had a background in sort of looking at a whole body approach. Um, and the beauty of functional medicine now is that there are certain testing that you can do that really sort of, sort of gets to the crux of a problem. It really sort of um, gets to a, a cellular level to find out what is really going on with you. Uh, and the testing is readily available now to, to anybody. You can actually sort of go down the street and go to any lab now and sort of with a prescription or with a, with, with a requisition form and really get this testing done to really narrow down on what your problem is rather than taking a blood test, which is not really that accurate anymore. And um, 
and blood tests really don't sort of uh, sort of aren't really sort of they're too 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 broad, too vague. They don't really get to the to the root of the problem sometimes. Yeah, I've seen that a lot um, with somebody who maybe they have they have this chronic problem and they continue to go to the doctor and their blood work comes back as normal, 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 still normal. <laughs> you know, the patient patient is like, no, it, nothing is normal now, <laughs> um, other than maybe numbers. But I don't feel normal. Um, this life is not normal. So um, I love that you guys do the other testing. So I had the saliva test done, and so did um, so did my boyfriend. So that that revealed a ton. Too. So we're going to get into the different testing that you really need a little bit later on. Um, but I, so I, I love that you, it's, it's the broad picture. It's the, it's the why of what's happening. It's not just covering up the, um, uh, the, the symptom, because if you just cover up the symptoms, sometimes the, the problem continues to get way worse, right? That's correct. And uh, if you treat a symptom um, with anything, with, with a supplement or um, with a medication for sure, you'll get better in the short run uh, because I mean that that stimulant or that supplement, that that drug is supposed to take care of that symptom. So the symptom might go away and you might feel better. Trouble is, the underlying process causing that symptom never gets treated, and so that's what we're dealing with here. And so, um, just be careful when, when even if you're taking supplements, sometimes you know B12 shots and B12 sublingual B12 to treat fatigue and this kind of thing. Yes, it will help you in the short run, but it mean Unless you figure out why you're B12 deficient or why you have fatigue, you're never going to fix the problem in the long term. And really, we're all about fixing the problem in the long term so you're not on a supplement for the rest of your life and also because you're not on a medication for the rest of your life. So figure out the why. Figure out the, the, the underlying causes. Um, and there's three main areas that we like to sort of treat in the office and there's three main tests that we like to sort of look for or three main systems that we like to test for. Um, and with these sort of evaluating these systems, we can actually sort of fix about 80 to 90% of you know, problems and chronic disease out there. And those three main areas are one, which you mentioned before, gut infections is a big, big thing. Um, number two is hormonal imbalances. And uh, number three is basically how is your liver detoxifying toxins from your body or your detoxification processes. If you just look at those three areas, you could find out a lot of information and fix a lot of problems out there. Yeah, that's it. And, and, you know, until I met you guys, I didn't really and I mean, I'm in the, the health and wellness industry and I hadn't really heard too, too much about gut health. I'd heard a little bit about leaky gut and, um, you know, I'd read some articles about that kind of stuff, but I didn't really understand um, gut infections and how you could be um, lacking nutrition because you're not able to absorb the nutrients because you have a compromised gut health. Um, so let's let's go ahead and can we cover gut health first and then we'll talk about the hormonal imbalances? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, gut health. I mean, sometimes you don't have to have symptoms um, in order to have a gut problem. Um, and so I mean, one of the first questions I'll ask when you come into the office uh, is, is pretty much, you know, have you had a history of gut problems? And it can be something as simple as an, as an, as an IBS issue, like in, in your teens or in it could be something like a gluten tolerance in, in as a child or lactose intolerance, these are sort of clues that not only do you have like food intolerances, but there might be some sort of imbalance in your gut flora. Um, and when this goes undiagnosed, or if you go to the, the conventional medicine and you just give them a random diagnosis of IBS, as because as most, most people have sort of those diagnoses of IBS, um, and you might have an endoscope, you might sort of look inside the tummy and you sort of see a little bit of inflammation, 
Uh, and then you might be given some sort of corticosteroids or some steroid shots of that to sort of treat inflammation. But really, we have to find out why do you have IBS? Why do you have inflammation of the gut? And quite a lot of the time, and this happens a lot when we test for it, about 80% of patients that we, that we look at, all of them have some sort of gut infection of some sort. And that be, could be a serious infection like a, 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 a mono, it could be a viral thing, it could be a pathogen. It could be something simple like most of us have, have bad bacteria in the gut and, and it's some of it, and you need a, a balance of good bacteria and bad bacteria in the gut. But sometimes you get an overgrowth of, of uh, intestinal bacteria and that can give you problems like, can give you sinus problems, can give you throat issues, strep issues, can even give you urinary tract infections. Uh, the, the latest research now is that urinary tract infections are actually come from the gut. Uh, and again, you may not have an issue with the gut, but you might go to the doctor with a urinary tract infection, then and then th and you just get some antibiotics, but you don't treat the underlying problem with this is a gut infection. Um, and we see that a lot in practice, and it opens you up to a lot of issues. I mean, leaky gut, autoimmune type or disorders, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is a leaky gut or a gut infection problem. So you shouldn't be on thyroid meds for a Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's a gut or immune issue. Wow. Any sort of autoimmune issue out there, sort of um, rheumatoid arthritis, skin problems, um, lesions, of the, lesions of the leg, itchy skin, dry skin, all these things are sort of related to the gut. And, and gut health is really fundamental to long-term health and, um, and really sort of finding underlying causes to a lot of problems out there, fatigue issues. Um, you talked about estrogen imbalances um, or hormonal imbalances that can actually be related to the gut. Um, so bacteria produces endotoxins or viruses produces endotoxins in the gut. And these endotoxins mimic estrogen in the body. So you could have toxin overload or estrogen dominance is what they call it. And that could be like a PMS type symptom, something along those lines caused by a gut bacteria, not a hormonal issue. So you really have to sort of look at the wow. gut and sort of see where it's at and and people aren't losing weight not because they have a hormonal imbalance it's because they have a gut infection causing a hormonal imbalance and so if you just go after hormone therapy you're not really treating the underlying cause which could be a gut infection so that's really number one um what we look at for anything anything out there wow so so let's talk a little more about that's just um, I, I love this <laughs> that is so interesting because your gut health really everything is tied to your gut health right your mental health can be tied to your gut health your energy can be tied to your gut health um how your ability to absorb nutrients tied to your gut health um urinary tract infections that is interesting i had no idea yes it's, it's, it's a lot of research on that now it's pretty much overgrowth of e coli and e coli you get from the gut or it could be some con contamination of food and stuff like that, but it's really a, a over overgrowth of, of a gut infection leading to uh, a possible UTI. Wow! And so then, so then with the hormonal imbalances, so right, so you you know you go to the regular doctor, you have um, estrogen dominance. So typically, how is that treated? Here's your progesterone cream. Exactly. So um, you sort of, and and, and I'm, I'm not speaking for all medical doctors, but generally on the whole, when 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 guys or girls go to the doctors complaining of fatigue issues, you're generally sort of seen as a possible endocrine balance or hormonal imbalance. So you're typically put on pretty much a compound mix of estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, DHEA, all these kinds of stuff, without really a proper evaluation of really of, of where your hormonal status is. So um, yes, I mean, that happens a lot. 
if, the, if estrogen dominance and a typical sort of estrogen dominance symptom is PMS, so you're given the opposite hormone to estrogen, which is progesterone, to try mm -hmm. and balance it out. Um, so, and the same thing with guys, if you're sort of really feeling fatigued, low libido, you put in, immediately put on some sort of testosterone therapy or some sort of testosterone producing uh, stimulant. So, you know, again, if you don't find out what's causing estrogen dominance, if you don't find out what's causing a low testosterone, you're never going to get to the root of the problem. Um, and so a lot of guys get, and women get problems with hormone replacement therapy. It's all out there. It's all in research about, about the sort of medical problems you can get from taking this stuff long term. Um, so, you know, if you evaluate the why, you don't necessarily have to take these medications. Yeah, yeah. And like you were saying too before, um, we were talking about if you are put on some of these medications, like the, um, if for example, the guys for testosterone. So, so a lot of times this will help in the short term, but then eventually it's, you know, you, you get tired again, right? Because you haven't corrected the underlying and then what do they do? Bump up the dosage? Yes, typically. I mean, typically you feel great. I mean, everybody would feel great on testosterone. Everybody would feel great on that. And you do feel great for the short term. You know, you get increased muscle mass, lose a little bit of weight. Um, your energy feels great, high sex drive, that type of thing. But if you find that a month or two down the road, say you do look at your numbers and your blood work and stuff like that, uh, and your numbers aren't changing, what happens if like a month or two down the road, you start to get decreased energy, your energy starts to go down and you figure out, well, this shouldn't be because I'm on testosterone therapy. So I typically you go back to the doctor and you actually sort of say, well, this worked in the first month. Why don't we just increase your dosage? You'll feel even better. So and that's typically what sort of happens. And the same thing with females with their hormonal therapy is that, is that they feel great for the first month or two. Then all of a sudden they don't feel so great. And so they start increasing the dosage. The underlying problem there is that whenever you take an exogenous hormone or whenever you take a hormone that comes outside from the body, your brain starts to think that I'm producing too much of this hormone. And so it downregulates or switches off the gland that is supposed to produce that hormone within the body or that endogenous production of hormone. And so what happens is that your gland that produces estrogen or progesterone or DHEA or testosterone, it starts to get switched off by the brain because it feels that you're producing too much of this hormone. And that's when you start to become dependent on a hormone therapies because if you came off it, you would have nothing in your body producing that 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 own natural production of hormone, which is really what we're trying to avoid. So when we see people come in the office who are on hormone replacement therapy, mm -hmm. um, it's it's one we sh we never take them off that because <laughs> you would just crash if we yeah. took you off that. But we'd have to sort of test and find out why are you not producing that hormone naturally in the body? Um, wh why is that gland being downregulated? Um, and that gland is typically the adrenal glands. Um, and, and we do a lot of adrenal gland testing. Um, saliva testing is one of the one of the best tests to look at saliva testing. Um, if you are on hormone replacement, there's even a better test out there called a urinary um, adrenal assessment. Oh, really? Um, which is basically you're sort of looking at the urine to look at your how not not only how much level of hormone do you have in the body, but how is your body processing that hormone. So. Um, it's looking at what's called metabolites or estrogen metabolites or testosterone metabolites. So not only how much levels do you have in the body, but how much are you using? Um, and so that gives us a more functional pro approach about how your body is working and how your body is processing your own hormones. Wow. Gosh. I, I don't even want to take a break, but I'm going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back. Ah-ha-ha-ha-da-da-da. <laughs> ah ha ha 
You've heard me talk a lot about learning how to reach your fitness goals, and more frequently, how to look as fit as you feel, while learning to stop chasing skinny. And you've also thought to yourselves, yeah, I do want to reach my fitness goals in a shorter, more concise way, to stop wasting my time bouncing back and forth from fitness tip to fitness tip in magazines, wasting hours researching the latest and greatest diet, only to end up looking and feeling the same way you've been looking and feeling for years. And my guess is that you've been thinking about this for a long time. Am I right? I know the feeling because I played these games too. For a very long time, in fact. I'm here to tell you this. Stop thinking and sign up for the SK Fit Life Challenge, an online training, nutrition, and coaching program that will lead you through 12 weeks of step-by-step guidance to help you finally reach your goals of looking fabulous and feeling fabulous. You're going to get to free up all the headspace you've been wasting picking through random diet information being fed to you through the media and simplifying the seemingly complicated world of health. Your chance is now. Do you really need more time, more information, more plans for the future? Or do you want to become that fit person today? Because the truth is this. You can be that fit person or you can be the person that sits around thinking about becoming fitter. It's your choice. Read more magazines, blog posts, and bits and pieces on social media, or take action. Because let's face it, if you're not where you want to be, your current program is not working out for you. I want you to be successful. And why is this? Because you've already got what it takes. You've been doing the work all along. It's just been the wrong work. You have the desire, the discipline, and the potential. Now let's get you on the right track so those efforts you are already putting in can take you in the best direction possible. Join me and the hundreds of other SK Fit Life clients for the 12-week online fitness challenge at skfitlife.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. So now I want to go into the third uh, component to uh, what we're talking about with functional health, and we're going to talk about detoxification. So I'm getting very familiar with detoxification. Can you explain to the listeners? (laughs) Yes, detoxification. It's quite simply um, your body's ability to get rid of toxins in the body. And uh, unfortunately, we live in a very toxic world uh, in terms of what creams we use, in terms of parabens and plastics and water supply and medicines and all this type of thing. Um, so it's sometimes you can get overload, overload of toxins. And so the gland that sort of uh, helps you get rid of toxins is basically your liver. Um, and so detoxification pathways, are, is your Ill, Ill health, is your joint pain, is your muscle pain, are your skin conditions is because you're not because of a hormonal condition, but because you have an inability to ex- expel your toxins through the liver, uh, and it comes out in either your urine or the stool, which is a normal process. But the early indicators that you have a toxic issue, or you might have a toxic issue, is basically skin. Skin is like your your main exit organ for for, for some of these toxins, um, and so you might be uh, get dry skin, you might get skin irritability, uh, you might get redness of the skin, hives, that type of thing. That that is again. If you just treated the center of the skin, you just put, probably put like some topical creams on it or some sort of uh, cortisone cream on it, and you think you've got rid of the problem because that problem's going away. But really, you haven't got rid of the underlying problem, which is an, an underlying toxic exposure. Uh, and there's very easy ways that you can just sort of sort of um, help someone's liver, help you get rid of these toxins. Um, and that's a really essential pathway that you have to look at and, and 
you know, toxins from heavy metals, from chlorines, from fluorines, from the toothpaste, chlorine in the water. Um, all these things are, are sort of crucial in the sort of um, uh, evaluation of your health. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times we don't realize which things are toxic. When you think about a toxic liver, you think of maybe um, alcohol consumption, right? I think that's what most people would just immediately would come to mind. Um, but you did mention some other things that we just think are normal, like the chlorine in the water, the fluoride in the in the uh, toothpaste. Um, those are toxins. Um, what are some other toxins that um, that our livers have to have to deal with and and maybe some things that aren't necessarily toxins but they affect our liver yes i mean, I mean things like um birth control pills would, would be a toxic uh, thing um estrogen therapy uh, medicines even mold exposure working on a farm working with machinery working these sort of things um you can even have sort of inflammatory type things going on so stress can cause inflammation and inflammation causes toxic overload um Working out, over-exercising over produces toxins, lactic acid. All this stuff has to be expelled from the body. Otherwise, it's sort of you get joint pain, muscle pain because of that buildup of lactic acid for all you, all you guys exercising out there. Um, it's, it's, you know, that's, if these sort of toxins hang around the system for two, three, four days, you sort of realizing that possible liver problems might be occurring here because you can't get rid of this acid. You can't get rid of these toxins. Um, but exposure on a daily basis, lack of sleep will be another thing that would cause toxin overload. Gut infections, we touched on that before, that would produce toxins which your liver has to expel. And so, you know, that could be another cause of that as well. Yeah. And that, so the reason I was saying that I'm getting super familiar with it is because I have had, my skin has broken out my whole life pretty much. I mean, maybe, maybe more after I was a teenager. Um, but I am 35 now and it still continues to. And so I've had lasers, I've had chemicals, I've had, um, medications, you name it. I have had it done to my skin. Um, and so in cheap creams and expensive creams and whatever it's been, uh, that once we met, you said, no stuff, this could be something else. So, um, so it might be, it That's right. and, might and be something yeah, else. I mean, the first thing we talked about was, um, um, was, was basically sort of a liver detox and, uh, even without sort of, um, putting on you any tests. I mean, a little quick fix that we wanted to try on you was just, just taking some milk thistle or taking something to detoxify the liver, some green tea, some dandelion tea. And I think, you know, within the first few days, you notice quite a, you know, a little bit of a difference in just taking milk thistle, uh, a liver detoxifier. So that's when we started thinking about, you know, is is the liver the underlying problem here? Um, and we, uh, at the same time we met, we sort of looked at your saliva test and we were so estrogen imbalances, hormonal imbalances, stress can cause a lot of these breakouts. So we were looking at, is there a hormonal imbalance? And we didn't find one with you, actually. We didn't find high estrogen, which is what I was expecting with you. Uh, and so that sort of, again, clued us into this must be a sort of underlying liver problem, uh, toxic overload. Uh, and so that's that, that's why. And um, so that you know, liver detoxing was great. And uh, and please don't get the wrong idea about detoxification because you see a lot of detox diets out there. Oh, gosh, do, yes. Thank you. you for <laughs> go, like go Continue on, please. <laughs> you do like juicing and juice cleansing and stuff like that and, and sort of cayenne pepper and sort of lemon water and all this kind of stuff. You need certain nutrients in order to help you detox the liver. They call, it, they call it phase one, phase two detoxification of the liver. Something called methylation. A lot of people out there might be reading about methylation and this type of thing. It's two phases to detox in the liver. And the first phase, you need a lot of antioxidants, a lot of B vitamins, vitamin C. It's great. And so when you do that juice cleanse, you get through that phase one detox very well. 
trouble is though people don't get enough protein in their diet when they're doing detoxes because phase two of the detox liver is is dependent on amino acids uh, glutathione glutamine all these essential amino acids that you need in order to complete phase two of the liver detoxification so what happens is if you don't have those proteins in place, you can go through phase one really, really well, and you get the trouble is you get toxin buildup, which is then blocked because you don't have the right amino acids in place. That's why people can get sick on detox programs. And when you start getting sick on detox programs, or you start getting the flu, you start getting hives, you start getting breakouts on a detox program, it's because you're not completing phase two. You don't have enough nutrients in place in your detox program in order to sort of in order to sort of complete that liver detox. It's really essential. Um, that that you you do a safe and effective detox program rather than just sort of something that you get off the internet. Uh, it's really quite essential. That's great information because I think a lot of people I've you know because I hear people talking about it and um, I've heard people say things like oh yeah I did that and I got sick like I always do like they just expect it and then I I th- I, I think I actually heard somebody say something about it must be working because I got sick. No, you don't have to be miserable, right? <laughs> you don't have to be. And, and, and please, don't, don't go on low-calorie diets. People think, you know, low-calorie diets because I'm detoxing, therefore I've got to eat less. No, that's absolutely correct. That's the opposite you should do. You should be eating more. The detoxification process requires a lot of energy, a lot of calories um, from your diet, a lot of fat, a lot of these things that sort of people sort of shy away from when they do a detox, thinking that, you know, I, I can't take these things anymore. I can't do sort of certain carbohydrates when I'm on a detox. It's essential that you do these things while you're doing a detox program. Um, and there's a big thing about diets. And, you know, sometimes what's diets that are healthy for you aren't the same diets that are going to make you lose weight and sort of, you know, you know, lose body fat and that type of thing. And you have to be patient with yourself. So you can't sort of keep going for these sort of weight loss diets. You have to go for getting healthy diets because getting healthy will make you lose the weight in the long term. Um, but sort of low fat or low carb diets won't get you healthy in the long term. So you might lose weight initially, but you're not going to get very healthy in the long term. So really go after really go after the health first. Um, keep the carbs a little bit higher during a healing phase, during a detox phase. Keep your calories a little bit higher during, during those phases. Yes, you might gain a little bit of body fat. Uh, you might gain a little bit of weight on these things, but it's really important that you, get, you focus on the health in that phase rather than losing of the weight. Yeah, and and I kn- I know I know what you mean by a little bit. I mean you're really just talking about just a couple pounds, a mm-hmm. couple percentages of body fat, something like that. We're not talking like twenty pounds that you pack on or anything like that, right? You just maybe can't see the muscles quite as well. <laughs> it's correct. It's correct. And you know, and I deal with this all the time in the office every every sort of day. I mean, I get asked questions. Hey, doc, I'm not losing any weight. I'm not losing weight. But and I'll go over what they came in with. You. Hang a second. You came in with joint pain. You came in with skin conditions. You came in with headaches and fatigue. You've got rid of those things, and all you're doing is really focusing on the weight. You, you've got to really sort of focus on health uh, and get rid of all your underlying health issues. And once you do that, once you get healthy, then you can start l- maybe sort of tinkering with the diet a little bit, maybe going a little bit lower fat, maybe going a little bit lower carb in order to, to achieve your weight loss or your, your body fat goals. But most important thing is get healthy first. Then it then you can start playing around with these things. If you go after the weight first, you can give yourself a whole host of problems um, other than just sort of weight gain and weight loss. You can really sort of do some harm to yourself hormonally if you don't sort of get healthy first. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and go into that next. Let's talk about some low fat diets. Um, so 
why are we, because we talked a little bit about our, our hormones, right? And so why are low fat diets detrimental to hormonal health? Yes, low fat diets. Um, there's, and this t- kind of ties into your hormones. Um, this kind of ties into hormonal imbalance. So all your feel good hormones, I'm talking about progesterone, I'm talking about testosterone, estrogen, DHEA, all these great sort of feel good anti-aging hormones. Your body makes these hormones out of cholesterol. Your body makes these hormones out of fat. And so if you sort of go on low-fat hormones, you're actually sort of harming yourself. You're sort of sabotaging yourself because your body requires fat in order to make these hormones. And so you can actually put yourself into a hormonal imbalance just by going on a low-fat diet. And uh, we see this a lot of the times. And and so we we tell everybody to increase your fat, increase your fat. And we looked at it as though we have two heads. Like, how can I lose weight if I increase my fat? And (laughs) (laughs) it's actually, you can actually lose weight by actually increasing your fat because you're lowering your stress in the body. Um, Your adrenals make cholesterol, take cholesterol from the body, take cholesterol from your diet, and it produces these great feel-good, anti-stress, anti-aging, feel-good sex hormones. And it makes it out of cholesterol. So please don't make the mistake of going low-fat. There are certain situations where you would have to go low fat. And uh-huh. again, that's a different conversation. But in terms of someone's had, had their gallbladder removed or something like that, or, or has a, a genetic issue where they can't process cholesterol very well, then sure, those sort of low fat diets you might sort of want to look into. And that's what we sort of are w- very wary of when we sort of go through your history uh, of problems. Um, we always sort of ask those questions about family history of cholesterol and sort of have you had your gallbladder removed? And that's when we might sort of suggest going a little bit lower fat than normal. But even then, it's not as low fat as, as some some of the diets I've seen. Yeah, some, some I was just going to ask um, if you had like kind of a ballpark. Like if I were to guess what my daily fat intake was, I would say I probably take in like, I don't know, 50 to 60 grams of fat every day. Like what what's really like low fat? I mean, when I see some food logs come to me and they're like 19 grams of fat for the day, I'm like, oh, no, 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 bump it up. Yeah, bump it up, bump <laughs> it up. Yes, I mean, I would say 50 to 60 grams of fat, of fat is about right. And uh, and it's really all, all dependent on your body weight and your weight loss goals and sort of your fitness goals. Are you an athlete? Are you sort of working out every day? Do you have a marathon to run, et cetera, et cetera? Are you just going to the gym three times a week and sort of wanting to lose weight that way? So it really depends on, on your goals, how healthy, you are but i would sort of shoot for around about 50 60 grams something like that um and you know it's all right to sort of go on low fat low carb diets for like seven to ten days to also you know reset your hormonal imbalances reset your insulin reset your leptin um sort of do a hormonal reset sort of diet you can sort of go a little bit ketogenic for about seven to ten days but just be careful as to doing that in the long term in the long run You've got to bring your carbs back in because you get thyroid problems if you don't have enough carbs in the diet. Um, if you're in ketosis and you get and you're starting to feel worse, you're starting to feel sort of stomach problems and skin problems. Gut infections love ketones, and so if you're in ketosis, you can actually sort of the, you can actually get increase of uh, of gut bacteria or, um, or your opportunistic pathogens in the gut can sort of really sort of rear their ugly heads if you sort of go too low fat, uh, and that's when you start you know when you know, when patients of mine sort of start experiencing those sort of issues, that's when you're thinking, ah, is there is there a gut infection there that we have to get rid of um, in order to, 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 to really fix these issues? Okay. 
Yeah, that's um. So, yeah, because I, I hear that all the time about the the low fat stuff. Um, and you know, my my clients know that I talk about eating good fats all the time. But, um, and then so let's talk a little bit more about um about those. We're kind of circling back around to some of those gut infection things. Um, and how some of those gut infections like ketones. So. I've, I've heard of people who have found out they, they thought maybe they had a binge eating problem because they were binge eating on sugar, but really it turns out that they've had some kind of gut infection that's causing this, these, these cravings that are kind of uncontrollable. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, I mean, certainly things like candida and stuff like that, there's certain type of infections that love yeast and this kind of thing, that love sugar. Uh, and so you can get sugar cravings just from, I mean, and that's a big clue to us. I mean, we'll ask people about their cravings. Do you crave salt? Do you crave sugar? Do you crave fat? Do you crave ice cream? And these are sort of little clues from your history that that there's that, that can tie us into what might be going on with you. And so someone who sort of craves sugar a lot, you sort of tend to sort of clues you into that bacteria, that sort of uh, bad bacteria in the gut that mm-hmm. tends to crave sugar. So it's not you. It's not It's not you that's craving the sugar. It's actually what's inside you that needs or relies on sugar. Yeah. Um, and so and so that's a really, really good clue about sugar or binge eating sort of things that, that you know, bad gut, bad brain. And so, I mean, a lot of sort of MDs are looking at sort of gut health in terms of, autism and ADHD and all this sort of stuff um, and also sort of binge eating so so you know you you can your brain can create certain things not because you have a, a brain problem but because you have a, a, yeah. a digestive problem or infection problem that sort of you know it, they, they want sugar they're a- anaerobic they they, 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 they they love sugar so so that's a sugar craving problem that could be linked in with a gut problem and that might be music to a lot of people's listening, their yes. ears, because yes. a lot of people think it's just, I don't have any willpower. And right. that's not... Yeah, no willpower, <laughs> and they feel guilty. They get depressed because they're not going to result because they love that sugar, and they can't help themselves. And you know, and they tear themselves down, because, and they get frustrated because they think it's themselves. But actually, you know, if I tell you that most sugar cravings are from a gut infection, if you just go get tested from like a stool sample or something like that, or or even something called an organic acids test, which sort of looks at gut bacteria, and, and you fix those issues, those cravings go away. So please don't treat the sugar cravings. Sugar cravings is a symptom of an underlying problem. Don't go on antidepressants. Don't go uh, to psychiatrics and sort of try and fix this from a, from a psychiatrist point of view. It's actually just, just a simple chemical or toxic imbalance within the gut. And, and once you fix that, you get rid of those cravings very, very quickly. So now, I mean, we're just coming full circle now. <laughs> so I want to kind of talk a little bit um, about my adrenal health and how, and I've shared this on my social media, I've been on antidepressants several times throughout my life, and I wasn't really depressed. I was just so tired. And then, of course, when you're that tired, you do lose interest in other things in your life. But all of those symptoms, and there are other symptoms too that just, they really mimic. I mean, it's right in line with depression as far as having low cortisol. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. I'm so glad I'm figuring this out now because <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, yeah. who wants to be on antidepressants if they don't really need them? <laughs> correct. correct. And yes. I mean, fatigue. I mean, you go to the doctor with fatigue and run a simple blood test and you're normal on your blood test. Of course, like 90% of people are normal on their blood tests um, because they're looking for at those wide ranges and they're very unspecific and you're really looking for underlying problems before they get to be a pathological problem. So, um, so yes, with with fatigue issues and, and 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 that type of yeah yeah 
I've, I sort of lost my train of thought there. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just talking about my, uh, about yeah, how, yeah, my adrenals and my adrenals and my mental health and, and really how, like, I really thought it was depression. I was yeah. like, oh, well, here it goes again. But really, I mean, if I look at it, it's about every three years or so that I like to, I like to redline just about everything in my life. So I go hard <laughs> and then eventually I burn my adrenals out uh-huh. and my body and mind are just like, you just got to reset. And so then, you know, I sleep a lot more. I'm not very, I mean, I'm, yeah, my motivation is lacking. It takes me a lot longer to do things. My concentration is off. My mental, I mean, I'm just fuzzy um, thinking. Um, I do get, I won't say antisocial, but I'd rather just be at home um, than to be in social settings, which all of those just sound like depression. But really, it's my, I mean, once I did this live test, yes. I was like, oh, my, yes. <laughs> my cortisol is really low. Cortisol was, was down the floor. Yeah. I, I really want to sort of um, strike a point here. Your body is a balancing machine. So, because um, people always say, oh, I want my cortisol p- to be low, don't I? Because, I mean, cortisol is the stress hormone. So, if my cortisol is low, then I'm sort of less stressed. That's part of it, but it's not actually the whole solution. So, you actually need an optimal range of cortisol. So, I see people in the, in the office with low cortisol problems much more than I do with high cortisol problems. Um, and the same thing with estrogen and, and testosterone. So, you the body runs in balance. So so if you try and drive a situation one way in the body, like if you take lots of energy drinks, if you take testosterone therapy, or if you take sort of precursors to testosterone like DHA or tribulus or these sort of things, if you try and drive the body one way, the body won't like it. You, you're going to pay for your adaptations is what they say. And so your body will try and bring you back to normal however way it can. And so someone on high testosterone, the balancing hormone to that is cortisol and so your cortisol actually drops through the floor so so high testosterone and low cortisol we see that a lot and so what happens is that if you have low cortisol you open yourself up to gut infections because cortisol lowers your immune system um you uh, if you can't get out of bed in the morning it's, it's a big sort of low cortisol thing in the morning um you need a sufficient cortisol in the morning to get you out of bed in the morning um you need cortisol in order to sort of treat pain and inflammation um, so you, the reason why they give you corticosteroids as, as a pain or a, as an anti-inflammatory is because that's what it's good at. Um, so you need that. So if, you, if you're getting joint pain after an exercise or if, if you're getting fibromyalgia type symptoms or if you just can't shake pain and you've been on corticosteroids, your cortisol drops to the floor and therefore you can't take care of pain and sleep and, and you get fatigue. And because they don't test for adrenal hormones on regular blood tests, again, you're normal on regular blood tests and therefore your fatigue is because you're depressed or because you're not doing, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just uh, you've got to sort of look at this from a, a whole different set of eyes, a whole different viewpoint. Uh, and that's the difference between the functional medicine approach to conventional medicine approach. It's, 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 it's a completely different way of handling your health. Yeah, and it's been great. I mean, I, we've been doing the adrenal protocol for um, about three weeks now, and I've noticed a difference. I mean, it was it it's been gradual, and one day is a little better, and then the next day I'm like I feel like I had a handful of Benadryl for breakfast, but you know, but it is getting better. I'm having much better days than I am not so good days. So. Um, and and I see that a lot too with a lot of my clients, and then again, just kind of like the, um, you know, the. Uh, um, the cravings, then, you know, I'll see somebody and they're killing it and they're working out and they're killing it and they're killing it. And, 
then all of a sudden they'll go, I don't know what happened. I just, I lost all motivation. I have no discipline now. I never want to go to the gym. And, you know, but it's really because they've burned themselves out. They burn right? themselves out, yes. I mean, there's different stages of adrenal fatigue is what they call it, or adrenal burnout, uh, adrenal insufficiency, all these ter- sort of terms out there. Um, and stage one adrenal is based on sort of really, really high cortisol. Um, and again, high cortisol, if it's above the range or above the optimum range, is a bad thing. Uh, and it's also high cortisol for a long period of time. So if you're training six, seven days a week, if you're in a high-stress job, if you're in an emotional relationship that's causing a lot of harm, if you're taking care of your parents, even pregnancy is a high cortisol situation for nine months at the time. And right after you're pregnant, a lot of people get thyroid problems right after the right after pregnancy. And it's not a thyroid problem. It's actually a cortisol or a high cortisol or adrenal fatigue situation. So people in that stage one adrenal fatigue, high cortisol, they feel absolutely great. And they're like, I, I love this pregnancy, stage one adrenal. I love this. I feel good. My skin is better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the benefits of high cortisol. Trouble is, when you're on high cortisol for a long period of time, your body then crashes. Your body then just can't handle being in that overload, that sympathetic overload or that high cortisol overload for too long. And because you feel great, you will think there's nothing wrong with you. Then one day, one day in your 30s or your 40s, you'll start getting hot flashes, you'll start getting pain, you'll start getting food intolerances. Foods that didn't make you feel sick are starting to make you sick now. Dairy, gluten is like really starting to make you feel awful. Um, you can't get out of bed in the morning. You don't have the old drive that you used to have. And, it's, and it can be all of a sudden. It can be like, like an overnight thing. And that's when the adrenals just decide, you know what, I'm tired of pumping out all this cortisol. I'm exhausted. Um, I'm just going to collapse and just give way. And that's when you get into stage two adrenal fatigue, stage three. And that is highlighted by very, very low cortisol. In fact, very, very low hormones across the board. Don't forget, estrogen is an adrenal hormone. Testosterone is an adrenal hormone. DHEA is an adrenal hormone. So rather than supplement with hormones, rather than supplement with this, these hormones, try and get your adrenal glands going again. Try and supplement your adrenal glands in order to get them healthy. Then you can start producing these hormones in a, in a normal way. Wow. <laughs> this is just, this is great. This is just so, so much great information because it's all these questions that people have. These, uh, I, I'm pretty sure just about every single person faces this at, in life at some point. Um, but then when you face it, what do you do? Um, and so I want to talk just a little bit. Um, there's an, uh, there was an article that I read and it was called low cortisol and low testosterone, the silent killer. Um, great article. And it was really geared towards firefighters because they're under physical and emotional stress on a regular basis. Um, so anyway, it was, it was a great article, um, but it brought up a really good point, um, that I wanted you to talk about today. And one of the points that it said was that, you know, it it talked about treating, um, these problems in the way that you're talking about, but it was talking about self-directed or, um, you know, self-medication because you can order the things that you have, you can order the supplements that you have me on. Like I could go to the internet and I could just order it. But if I were just to do that on my own, what this article was saying was just that doing it on your own could either not get you results or it could cause the problem to just get way worse. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I mean, you, um, the testing that we do, um, it's, it's a thorough investigation about how your adrenals are functioning. There's various ways that you produce these hormones in the body. And sometimes these pathways are working. Sometimes these pathways are broken. Sometimes all these pathways are working and you, f- and you look pretty good. Therefore, we look at other, other areas that might be out of, out of whack. Um, 
But sometimes none of those pathways are working. Um, but how are we to know that? How, do, how are we to know whether these pathways are working or not? And the only way we can do that is through testing. And even if someone like a firefighter came in and said, I'm really fatigued, you know, to give him a, a hormonal supplement or to give him something that stimulates a hormone would be really bad practice of me because you you have to find out why that hormone is low. So self-medicating with, 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 with hormones and soy and estrogen-based supplements and all this sort of thing, or estrogen-inhibiting supplements, testosterone-increasing supplements, you really are sort of playing with fire there. And once you start changing your hormonal balance in the short term, you'll feel great. But in the long term, you're really going to throw off your hormones. And it's once you start throwing off these hormones, it's a very difficult situation to bring back. And, and quite often, they call it the silent killer. Uh, I think the article was, was calling low testosterone, they call it, call it the silent killer, because you feel great when you do it, and but you don't understand that you're actually sort of destroying yourself in the long term. Um, and reversing something like this, once you've been on this pathway, is much more difficult than if you just sort of say, rather than taking the supplement and trying to self-administer, go get tested, go get your urine tested, go get the saliva tested. You're talking about between 150 and $250 much rather you do that, find out what supplements you need, what specific supplements you need, rather than guessing. Because if you guess, you can you can sort of really sort of make a few mistakes and you won't know about it until you get into a bad situation because you'll feel great right away, but then you're going to put yourself in a bad situation a lo- little bit longer down the road. So just be wary of, of these sort of fads, these sort of, you know, great sort of DHEA for women, DHEA for men. Be careful of that because you may not need DHEA. Um, you may not need certain testosterone boosters. Um, it might be other things going on. And once you f- fix those other things, then then once you find out the why of what's going on, then then you know supplement away as, l- as long as you're taking the right ones. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the three different tests that um, that you really recommend. Because what I'm finding, um, it's funny because you had told me a little bit about it. And then I met two other people within the past two weeks that told me the same thing. That functional medicine doctors are, there's very few functional medicine doctors. Um, a lot of functional medicine doctors will charge you an arm and a leg. <laughs> Almost literally. No, um, for Extra tests that just are not necessary. So um, let's talk about the three tests that that you talk about. And I want to preface all of this too by if you want to work with Dr. Gillespie, you can do it from a distance. Um, he can order the tests for you. He can do Skype consultations. Um, he's been really, really great with us. But um, anyway, so the three tests that you you really need. Yes, and, uh, and going back to functional medicine doctors, um, yes, I mean, Sometimes, sometimes you can overtest. Um, sometimes you can be uh, over-examining something, and you know some tests are really, really good. Some tests are okay, um, and uh, and so do you need this? You know, six, seven, eight tests in order to figure out something. I mean, what I do most of the time is I bring you in, and I sit down with you for an hour. Um, I really sort of try and delve into your history, your personal history. You are the one that tells me most of what I need to know. I don't know anything about you unless you talk to me and tell me and tell me what's going on. And I ask the, the right questions to figure out what is going on. And then I can narrow down the testing for you. So so I can sort of, you know, rule out certain testing that you need based on simple questions that I, t- I ask in the office. But of the three tests you're talking about, there's three fundamental tests I think everybody should get. Um, one of them is when you're testing for gut infections, you should get a stool sample, um, and the stool sample looks for all types of bacteria, helico, you know, helico, uh, 
H. pylori, uh, talking about E. coli, talking about any fungus, anything like that, and a stool sample is the best way to test for that. Um, so that's test number one. Definitely everyone should be getting one of those. Um, even with or without IBS symptoms, you're, you'd be surprised how much gut infections you have without even knowing about it. Um, the second test is a saliva or urinary adrenal test. I prefer a urinary adrenal test these days, um, particularly if you are on any HRT, I'm talking about DHEA and women on any estrogen progesterone therapy. Saliva tests aren't as accurate if you're on some sort of hormonal replacement therapy. So I would definitely go for a urinary adrenal stress test when it comes to that. Um, saliva tests are great. Um, they're much better than blood tests because you're, you're measuring your levels of hormone four times, five times at a day, not just one moment in time, but you're assessing your cortisol rhythms or your, your daily rhythms of, of hormonal output rather than just one moment in time, which is what a blood test is. Um, and the last test is something called an organic acid test. It's another urine test. Uh, an organic acid test is basically sort of looking how your detoxification pathways are working in the liver. And again, there's about 10,000 detoxification pathways in the liver. Um, so if you just, uh, you know, you can actually supplement depending on which pathway is blocked or which pathway is not working. And the organic acid test really looks at your liver function. Um, and so it sort of really sort of hones into as to what nutrition you can take. And so rather than taking a broad spectrum and, um, you know, multivitamin or broad spectrum multimineral, you can really hone in on what you need. So is it glutathione? Is it MSM? Is it some sort of sulfur-based vitamin? Is it a you know a broad-spectrum amino acids, branch-chain amino acids? What you need? Is it some antioxidants? This test really narrows down what you need to. Um, and the beauty of that organic acids test, it looks at your nutritional deficiencies, looks at what you need. You can then take that test and you can start compounding your nutritional requirements. So people who are tired of taking supplements here, supplements there, five pills here, five pills there, different things. What's great about it these days is that you can actually take that test, take it to a compound pharmacy, get your own protein shake. You see all the athletes doing it on TV now. They're drinking these things. But those things are customized to their nutritional deficiencies. And so rather than taking multiple things that you know can cause you deficiencies, because if you take too much of one vitamin, it might deplete you another. So why don't you find out from this test what you actually need, and then you can compound that protein shake, compound that drink, and just take it one time a day, and it fulfills your... Um, your nutrient imbalances. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that's really great. Because uh, I think, you know, a, a lot of people, there's just so much information out there. And the internet is awesome because there is so much information, but at the same time, it gets to be really confusing. What's good? What works? I read B12 gave me energy. Um, but like you said, you know, if you don't need B12, then it could cause um, cause other other nutrient deficiencies yes. because your B12 has to has to match up, right? It's <laughs> correct, and it's, and it's all about it's all about balancing because the body wants to balance, and so you'll have certain minerals balance each other. So calcium, magnesium are, are, are antidotes to each other; they balance each other. So too much ca calcium will lower your magnesium. Too much magnesium will lower your calcium. You know, same thing with zinc and copper, and the same thing with B12. So if you take too much of B12, you actually deplete your other B vitamins, and so you can get sort of funny tingling in your hands, funny tingling in your feet if you take too much B12. You've got to be really careful of uh, of taking multiple thousand milligrams of B12 or taking some sublingual shots. Um, find out why you're B12 deficient is what I would say. Find out why you're anemic. Um, find out what's going on um, rather than just sort of 
taking something that you find on the internet. What works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person. That's the big thing. So people always ask me, what are you doing? What are you taking? doesn't matter what I'm taking. It may not be the, same, the right thing for you. So yeah. you go into the gym, you see someone working out. What are you doing? What are you taking? What, how come you look so good? What works for them doesn't necessarily work for you, and you've got to be really careful of that. I never, I never get the same approach as someone um, in, in the office, so it's not a cookie-cutter approach, unfortunately. I wish it was. It would be so much easier. <laughs> but you have to be a detective here. You have to find out the why. You have to find out the underlying causes. Yeah. Um, and this is why when you go get certain therapies or if you go to get certain treatments, sometimes they work for you, sometimes they don't. And so rather than guess at what's going on, and I definitely can make some educated guesses over doing this over the years, but I much rather, and I'm sure you much rather, seeing it on paper. Um, and, and testing is the best way to do that. And yes, it can be expensive. It can be out of pocket. This is why I narrow down on those three tests. And I can pretty much sort of fix about 80 to 90% of problems out there just by, li- by relying on those three tests alone. And uh, it keeps the cost down. Um, and it, it Cost should never be a barrier to your health. Um, you have to sort of see value in functional medicine, and and it may be a little bit more pricey because insurance doesn't cover it. But the value of the of, of going this way as opposed to going the other way or going the conventional way, I, th- I think you'll find it's, it really is money well worth spent. Yeah, absolutely, and and just the price differences where, um, you know, your office versus some of the other um, places like you you were saying you could you could easily spend five or six thousand dollars in testing from some offices right but you just yeah. you really try to narrow it down to just those three that is not five or six thousand dollars <laughs> no you're quite right you're quite right i mean it's nowhere near that at all i mean probably about a third of the price if you're doing some sort of six month program or nine month program um you've got to start thinking long term in terms of these sort of health disorders I and mean, if you've had it for 10 years it's going to take about six seven months to uh to to, to fix but um most of the costs covered you know or most of the cost incurred through going through a uh, functional medicine is pretty much on i wouldn't say unnecessary testing because you always find things out from tests but if you just go for those three core tests that i just talked about mm-hmm. you can you can get a whole system a whole body approach to what is going on so you're looking at gut you're looking at, looking at detox you're looking at liver and you're looking at hormonal imbalances you, s- you once you fix those you know most of your problems go away. I'm talking about brain health. I'm talking about thyroid health. I'm talking about joint health. Any autoimmune type disease, Hashimoto's, MS, fibromyalgia, it's really an imbalance in in those three systems. And if you correct those things, it's amazing how much better you're going to feel. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure I spent lots of that money on the lasers and all the other things <laughs> I tried to do to my skin when it was probably just a detox problem. So yes. certainly, I mean, we, we do, we, we're different as well from other functional medicine offices. I mean, we do actually sort of, you know, we biohack ourselves all the time. I mean, <laughs> you guys me. are so funny <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> what, what, what we put you on, I know it's, um, it may seem a little extreme sometimes, but Trust me, we've done it ourselves. I mean, I've I've had liver problems in the past. I've had some some gut problems in the past, and I've had to sort of you know put myself through these programs. So I know exactly what you're going through when I do this. And and uh, you know, if you want to sort of um, feel better, look better, and you're looking for a doctor, you're looking for a doctor to 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 uh, to mentor with. You're looking for a doctor to sort of get you through this the, these sort of programs. Take a look at them. Find out. I mean, are they healthy? Are they are they overweight? Are they sort of do they look healthy? I mean. You know, you have to sort of, you know, practice what you preach. And this is what, you know, both J- Dr. Jimison and I uh, do in the office. We certainly practice what we preach. We've gone through all these protocols that we give you. We know the most effective, most efficient protocols. Um, we know what gets results. And 
we're also starting to bring new things in the office. I mean, we have a cryotherapy machine, which is, you know, one of the only one in the state. And the reason why we do cryotherapy machines is that it's amazing what these things do. So you're standing in these things for the sort of two, three minutes. It sort of freezes the body a little bit. But it, I mean, in terms of brain health, in terms of hormonal balances, in terms of detoxification, it increases your glutathione by like a thousand fold when you, when you, when you do this sort of um, uh, freezing for one minute. Um, and, it, and, you know, we've done sort of pre and post thyroid labs and it sort of really Im improves your thyroid numbers once you do this cryotherapy sauna so we're sort of really a sort of integrative approach and really sort of modern approach to sort of um, getting you healthy and, and 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 sort of really doing the best that we can for for anybody out there and uh, the cryo sauna we're really excited about it and uh, I know you guys have done it yes <laughs> yes we've been we've been coming in three times a week mm -hmm. um, at least three times sometimes four but usually three and now I'm up to what it, yesterday I did 140 degrees Celsius minus that'd be minus um, for three minutes. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so my goal is to do it like you guys do it. So these guys seriously freeze themselves at 100 minus 150 Celsius for three minutes straight. Is that right? That's or do correct. you okay? That's yeah, yes. that's that's the coldest you can go for as long as and you it can. sounds. <laughs> it sounds absolutely horrific. And you've done it, so you can sort of tell these people. It's not nearly as bad it as really no, not even close. You start talking about these numbers minus 150. You think it's impossible for you can do that for three minutes, but it afterwards you feel invigorated and mm -hmm. and basically because you're putting that short term stress in the body and you st and you start to shiver when you come out of the machine. But quite quickly afterwards, you start to recover, and you can either go on a little bike or you can you can do a little bit of a, uh, jumping around in the room afterwards to sort of get your metabolism going again. Again, but you you stimulate anti-aging hormones, you stimulate growth hormones, testosterone, cortisol, all these great hormones that are really beneficial for you, uh, for brain health, for detoxification pathways, and you know the reasons why we get people better quicker, faster. I mean, I mean, we're talking about your boyfriend sometimes. He yeah. was he was he was he felt instantly great after about seven to ten days, two weeks really yes. of, of of doing the, these protocols we, that we had for him, and we're talking about someone who had been dealing with something for years and been told that there was nothing wrong with him for years, and yeah. within two weeks by sort of, you know, which we we try and get you guys better, faster, and 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 we do it by doing some some unconventional methods sometimes, but we know they work because we've done them on ourselves, and and we know they work because we've. You know, our patients tell us that they feel great after these things. And so, you know, um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's re it's actually really fun. We look forward to it now. Um, and yeah, I think he's even more sensitive to the cold than I am. But, you know, he's he's all about it. And you're right, like seven to ten days. He has been feeling awful for about six years now. And awful and just like really, really tired. He has super low cortisol. So, I mean, if I took one handful of Benadryl, he probably took the whole bottle. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, but this, yeah, your protocol, it's helped so much. And um and the, yeah, the cryotherapy is not nearly as, as cold as it sounds. Um, and, and it is really fun and, and you do feel invigorated and you sleep better. And, um, yeah, that part's been really great. Yes. And we have young and old, I mean, the oldest, the oldest lady who's sort of doing it freezing, she's like 78 years old and she just sort of freezes you know, every single day. And, uh, she used to have gray hair. Now her hair is getting darker and her skin. Really? Absolutely. So her skin is improved because... It's an anti-inflammatory effect, don't forget. So rather than putting sort of corticosteroids on your skin for treat skin conditions, you know, if you sort of freeze some of these things, you know, it's it's amazing for collagen production. It's amazing for skin conditions. It tightens your skin up. 
um, cellulite. Uh, we've had sort of great results. Yeah, I saw some great. I want to get those pictures. We'll <laughs> put those in the show notes. Yeah, we should do that. We yeah. should do that. And uh, and so you know, uh, you know, fantastic results and all from like freezing yourself two minutes three times a week and uh, and you'd be amazed how, how how quickly things turn around. Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. Now I want to put those those pictures in because I mean you really have to see it to to believe it. But um, so let's talk just a little bit more. I get these questions all the time, um, and I'm actually going to have my boyfriend on the show is in not too much longer, so he can talk about how he ended up um, with such low cortisol, and so and I'll have you talk about that too. But one of the things that he contributes some of this to was the pre workouts that he was taking. So let's talk a little bit about pre-workouts and what they do to your adrenal glands and why they can be dangerous. Yeah, so I mean, I think you're talking about pre-workout energy drinks and pre-workout stimulants. Yes, it's sort of, um, again, you it's sort of you're burning yourself out. Uh, and we're talking about people who also exercise every single day and they're taking these pre-workout supplements to sort of get themselves going to sort of stimulate you know, adrenaline in the system. And don't forget, adrenaline is an adrenal hormone. That's why they call it adrenaline. And so you, if you con- continually start pushing yourself in one direction only, pushing adrenaline, pushing testosterone, you're going to pay for it one day. You really are going to pay. And you're going to feel great in the short term, but you re- are going to pay for it in the long term. And, you know, so be careful of, find out why you're low energy. Find out why you need a pre-energy drink in the first place. Um, are you just taking it because you're low in energy and therefore it's a different problem altogether? Are you just taking it to, to get to really sort of achieve workout goals that you, that, you, that you haven't achieved before? You're sort of maybe pushing yourself a little bit. So just be, you know, if you're taking energy drinks, if you're taking stimulants, if you're taking too much coffee before a workout, um, be careful because you're going to burn yourself out and... Um, and we see it all the time. Anybody who's fairly normal and just taking energy drinks just to get them through the workout and feeling a good buzz before workout, be very, very careful because you are, you are really going to burn yourself out. And uh, it's it's an adrenal phase three situation that is you know takes a long time to get someone out of that, and it can be very depressing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and because you do feel just so tired all the time, <laughs> you're just exhausted. Yeah. And it's interesting because so you know I've known about um, about his experiences with pre workouts. I've talked to other people about their experiences with pre workouts. And um, another guy at the gym the other day just said the same thing. He said um, he was working the night shift and he was coffee wasn't doing it for him anymore. So he started taking pre workouts just to go to work. And one night at work he totally collapsed. And so you know, then, you know, that's, that's obviously a problem. Um, but I see it all the time. And then I hear, um, you know, I hear the high school boys in the gym behind me like, Oh, which one's, which one's the best pre-workout? I heard C4. I heard whatever. I don't even, I don't even assault or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, all I can think of is guys don't do it. Just don't do it. You're way, one, you're way too young, (laughs) you know, you're going to burn yourself out. Um, and you you just, you don't need it. Um, I mean, these problems used to occur in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. We're seeing it so much younger these days. And even in your 20s, we're seeing guys with low testosterone, 30s and 40s. And just be careful of that because you're taking energy drinks, you're taking all these sort of high-power drinks, high-sugar drinks, you're burning yourself out. And when you burn out your adrenals, you're burning out the gland that gives you testosterone. So, you know, you're lowering your testosterone the more you take these things. Um, So be very careful, very careful. And And 
females too. So remember, estrogen comes from your adrenal gland. So if you're taking a stimulant that stimulates the adrenal gland and they fatigue, guess what? You're going to present to a doctor with low estrogen, low progesterone, low thyroid problems. That's what they test for at the doctor. So you're going to be given a thyroid medication. You're going to be given hormone replacement for something that's an adrenal problem. So you're going to be really careful of this. So stimulants, coffees, too much of it, too much fizzy drinks, too much soda, too much sugar intake stimulates those adrenal glands, gives you adrenal burnout, not now, but say five years down the road, and all of a sudden you're going to be collapsing and say, oh my God, I'm gaining weight around the tummy. I'm getting weight around the middle. I'm working out every single day, but I'm still not losing weight. Very, very common complaint, very, very common symptom. People come into the office, and it's always the, the fact that you just burnt out those adrenals. Sometimes you have to lay off the exercise for a little bit. Sometimes you have to cut back a little bit to heal first. Then you can go jump back in and, and start doing your five days, six days a week workout. But um, heal the gland that produces your hormones. Don't take sugary drinks. Don't take hormone replacement. You can produce your own hormones again. Trust me, we see it in the office all the time. Um, you can start producing your own hormones again. So no matter what history you've had, we can reverse these situations for you. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, I want to talk just a little bit about, so, I mean, like fat burners, they really kind of work in a similar function, right? Because they're elevating everything. And people ask me all the time, they're like, Stephanie, so what's the best fat burner? I'm like, none of them. They are awful. <laughs> you will have to keep taking them in order to not gain weight. And then even though you're taking them, you still will gain weight eventually because you're burning yourself out, right? So do you, do you see, do you have patients that come into the, the office who are basically burned out from fat burners? Absolutely. And, uh, and, and L-carnitine, all this sort of thing, all these sort of fat burners. Um, yes, we, we see that a lot. Um, my, my sort of answer to that is how are you presenting? Are you presenting, are you taking fat burners because you're overweight? Are you taking fat burners to stop yourself from getting fat? Um, there's, you know, so it all depends what you, what, what you present with and what, it all depends how you're starting out. If you're overweight and you're taking fat burners, Rather than take fat burners, find out why you're gaining weight in the first place. Is it a metabolic imbalance? Is it a hormone imbalance? Is it a detox problem? Because don't forget, your body wraps fat around toxins in order to insulate toxin, uh, insulate the body from its harmful effects. So your cholesterol might go up. A, a high cholesterol in a lab not, is not necessarily a genetic problem. It could, it could be because you have a toxic overload. Your body's trying to protect you from inflammation, from toxins. So... You do a detox, a safe and effective detox, and you actually lose weight that way. That's a much better way of losing fat or losing body fat than a fat burner ever is. Um, if, you're, if you're normal weight and you're just taking fat burners in order to sort of um, you know, get even thinner, lose that body fat, again, don't take fat burners. Fix those adrenal glands, because remember those adrenal glands require fat in order to, so you can actually sort of get rid of uh, fat burning by healing those adrenal glands because they use body fat in order to make those hormones. So it's a much more effective way of doing it than actually taking an outside stimulant um, in order to fix the problem. Not to mention, like, it can cause anxiety and stomach problems and all kinds of stuff like that. Yes, adrenals and stomach problems. 95% um, of the time, stress is always the underlying cause of so many problems out there because stress gives you gut problems, stress gives you fatigue, stress gives you toxic issues, stress gives you inflammation, stress opens you up to gut infections, lowers your immune system. So if anybody out there, if you can sort of go back through your history and sort of say, you know what, this happened right after I got a divorce, this happened right after I had a surgery, 
This happened right after I had a corticosteroid shot. This happened right after I started hormone replacement therapy. I started getting really, really, just wasn't feeling myself. All of these are things that are underlying stresses. And so, you know, stress is, 90% of the time is the, the underlying cause of, of a lot of problems out there. Yeah, that's great. And then I, I try to share a lot about what stress looks like because a lot of people, um, you know, they, they, they don't realize like we, we are under stress almost every single day. And, you know, even just, and I, I say that I think there are a lot of shows on television that's just manufactured emotions and that is stressful, right? Like you watch something that you're like, like stress, (laughs) your, your mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not real in front of you, even though you're like, Oh, that's just a television show. You still feel the emotions from it. Correct. I mean, I mean, I mean, stress is, takes so many different forms, which is why they call it the silent killer or the silent problem. I mean, emotional stress, physical stress, over-exercising, environmental stress, toxic overload, um, over-exercising, lack of sleep, poor diets, poor nutrition. That causes environmental stress or stress on the inside. You, don't, you may necessarily not see it, uh, and that's why it can go undiagnosed for such a long period of time. And, and then all of a sudden you just like fall over and you're like, you can't put a finger on it. Uh, and if you go to get some blood tests, it never tells you the answer. You're always yeah. normal. So you can't figure it out. You can't figure it out. And then, and then yes, you get depressed. You get frustrated. You go to the gym more. You start doing stair climbers rather than, rather than you know, simple exercises because you're trying to burn as many calories as you can. You start taking these stimulants because you're just not yourself. Um, these pre-energy drinks, these fat burners, that all causes stress. And stress causes inflammation. Inflammation makes you sick. Um, so... Mm. that's that's the big picture so you know um beforehand you couldn't test your adrenals beforehand i mean we're talking about 15 20 years ago you couldn't test these adrenal glands and so nowadays there's so many tests on the market out there sometimes too many tests and um, but if i was to sort of pick a, a test that everyone should do because i see it all the time is take a urinary adrenal stress test or a saliva adrenal stress test uh you're gonna see a lot of information in those tests and and once you pick the right protocols, depending on what you present with, it's amazing, amazing how much better you feel in a very short period of time. Yeah, because I, I, David, I did hear one person say too that that they had asked after hearing our story and our, um, our our initial podcast. She said, "Oh, I asked my doctor to test my um, test my uh, my cortisol," and the doctor said, "I never test for cortisol because everybody's is always too high." I mean, that just, you know, after you've listened to this, you know that maybe that's not really the case. Um, So two more things that I want to talk to talk about as far as things that people ask me about and take. Um, One is fat blockers and two is sucralose. So fat blockers, Um, fat blockers. Are you do you have people that come in with have been taking fat blockers? Absolutely. So Okay. Fat blockers. I mean, it's, fat blockers are normally estrogen blockers because estrogen is one of those hormones that actually sort of increase your body fat, uh, and it's estrogen is a very protective hormone. And so, again, you need optimal levels of, of estrogen. So we see problems with low estrogen as more times than we see problems with high estrogen. Um, but it's so you do require balance. So the fat blockers are typically estrogen blockers, and so once you start blocking hormonal pathways in the body you pay for those adaptations. Uh, You're going to get problems in other areas of the body. If you try and block one pathway, your body will try and go around that and try and sort of figure out how am I going to, you know, do this a different way. And so you can't fool the body. You might in the short term, but you can't in the long term. You're going to pay for that, for that adaptation. So 
you know, women try and block estrogen and they'll sort of block, it block their fat-producing hormones. You're much better off figuring out why you're gaining weight um, as a, or why you're gaining fat and fix that underlying issue rather than sort of just taking a fat blocker. Um, I know guys on testosterone therapy, because don't forget, if you drive testosterone therapy, testosterone, just like cortisol, if it's too high for too long in the body, it becomes toxic, it, be, it becomes problematic in the long term. So what your body does, it will convert that testosterone into safer molecules. And what it can, does do is convert testosterone into things like DHT, um, which you know makes you start losing your hair and, and oh. gives you sort of acne on the skin and stuff like that. So testosterone therapy, will your, your body will convert into DHT and, that, and, and that's when you start realizing you might be having too much, uh, too much testosterone. Also, testosterone is also converted into estrogen in guys. So if you try and drive your testosterone high and try and keep it high, which I see people do all the time, your body can't handle that too much testosterone, and so it converted to estrogen, something called aromatization. And so guys will take testosterone. They'll start gaining body fat. They'll start gaining breast tissue, and they can't figure out why. They So they start taking fat blockers or estrogen blockers to try and block that estrogen buildup. But your body will ignore that. It will work in the short term, but it will, the body will just override that fat blocking me- mechanism and start producing estrogen. Or it may go the other way and start producing DHT. So you start getting hair loss, you start getting acne, you start getting skin problems, you start getting toxic brains, brain fog. So balance. Always think about balance. So when you exercise, take a day of rest. When you So just, just really sort of find peace in your life, do some relaxation exercises. Don't keep driving yourself crazy in order to sort of get to a certain goal. You need balance and you'll get, it may be a little bit of a slower process in order to sort of get, achieve optimal health. But that's how your body runs. And so you have to run in, 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 you know, you have to run with how your body runs. You have to sort of um, really sort of tie into uh, to how the how the body does things and uh, once you sort of tap into those natural rhythms then you don't have to start taking stimulants you don't have to start taking blockers in order to uh, to 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 get healthy or try and get healthy um, it's just not well. the way that's uh, that's awesome because I I knew that's kind of the story of my life when I used to train so much harder, um, I I had to diet so much harder I had to, I had to do everything so much harder because I was so intense and now I mean I you know I well truth be told I made it to the gym four times last month <laughs> that was it <laughs> I walked my dog a good bit but um, but you know just I guess that's just a it's a, a I didn't have to. I mean, I went to the gym four times last month and then still placed in the top 20% overall for the Spartan race I did and top 10% in my age group and top 8% in women overall. So, you know, you don't really have to go kill it, kill it, kill it. You don't. Exercising, doing cardio six days a week. Um, and of course, we talked about cardio in the in the last podcast and how cardio can be very estrogenic. Mm-hmm. Uh, cardio can sort of increase your stress hormone levels, which then you start producing estrogen dominance, estrogen overload, um, which again lowers your testosterone. So, cardio for guys doing it six days a week. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. Don't have a worry that you do it sort of one or twice a week. But constant cardio sort of low. You know, lowers your testosterone, um, lowers estrogen in females, and sort of lowers thyroid hormones in females. Um, but there's so many ways you can increase testosterone naturally uh, in your lifestyle without taking supplements or without taking fat burners. Yeah. Same for women too. Um, I know I've s- I since the last podcast, I've seen so many women who are just placed on testosterone, DHEA, progesterone, estrogen therapy, compound mixes, 
um, just for a simple fatigue issue. Uh, and you've got to be very, very careful of that. Oh, yeah. Man. No, you're right. Once you start messing with that, it's just, it's on. It's game on. Yeah. Uh. And, and, and conversely, once you, if you mess around with it, it can have sort of long-term detrimental effects. But if you fix hormone balances, you get the benefits of it are, are, are much, much long, much more profound and much, much more longer term. All right. And so that's what you start got to start looking for is sort of long term, profound benefits rather than short, quick fixes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're right. It's just it's it's all about the long term um, and, you know, just understanding the cause and effect, which so it brings me to my my last um, product or whatever you want to call it and it's stuff. Um, the last point I wanted to talk about is sucralose. So I was doing some research on sucralose. It's also known as Splenda. Um, and one of the things that I was reading about it that I thought was really interesting and tied right into every single thing we've been talking about is gut health because sucralose, the way that it is made is a sugar molecule, but it has been, um, what three three chlorine atoms have been attached to it or something mm-hmm. like that which makes it non-nutritive mm-hmm. so it's not actually absorbed in the body that's how it's zero calories but chlorine is has antiseptic pro, uh, properties so that means that it can kill some of that good gut flora right can do yes can do and uh, and you know this is I mean, the benefits of chlorine are great in sort of small doses small quantities and again it's about balance but um but if you're taking sucralose on a daily basis and taking this much chlorine on a daily basis, uh, and the same thing with fluoride and toothpaste, these are all heavy metals, um, and they're called neuro. They're under a classification called neurotoxins because they cross the blood-brain barrier and they can get into your brain and sort of mess around with your nerve pathways, brain fog, loss of memory, that type of thing. And so, bromine is found in breads now. Bromine is found in bagels. They're finding all this sort of heavy metals, of course, in vaccinations and heavy metals in sort of formula milk. Um, so it's, it, they're okay in small doses. They have benefits in small doses, but if you're taking it continually on a daily basis, they are heavy metals. They're going to make you very toxic. Um, and toxic overload is one of the things we talked about in terms of detoxification pathways. So the biggest thing about detoxification is one, yes, get the stuff out, but also two, stop bringing the stuff in, (laughs) you know? So, so a lot of, you can actually detox naturally by actually stop giving yourself toxins. Um, and, and chlorine, one of them in sucralose in any sort of um, artificial sweeteners and stuff like that. And um, you know, there's a lot of research about artificial sti- sweeteners stimulating certain parts of the brain, s- particularly the sweet craving parts of the brain. So they're, they're very clever. They're very <laughs> clever in doing <laughs> this. So I mean, you try and get off these diet sodas, you try and get off these diet sugars, which are zero calories and therefore you're supposed to be losing weight. But how many... Look at research out there about diabetes and 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 and, uh, and diet sodas and diabetes and diet gum and sort of stuff, sort of supposedly zero calories, zero sugar um, things, but causing diabetes, causing brain health, causing HDHD and and stuff like this, and it's all to do with that heavy metal um, uh, toxicity and also that stimulation, that false stimulation of that part of the brain, which leads to sugar cravings. Um, so taking diet sodas can actually make you crave sugar even more. It's crazy, isn't it? That is crazy. Thank you for clarifying that, though, because <laughs> I, I know a lot of people understand my stance on diet sodas, mm-hmm. and so they know that Stephanie doesn't drink that. She told me not to. But I don't, I, 
you know, I'm a, tell me why, tell me why and I'll do it or not do it. But if I don't know why, if you're just telling me just because I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of a brat like that, but <laughs> you just need, you really laid it out there. Um, then it's not really going to get you to where you want to be. So, um, I just thought that was really interesting because I see sucralose in a lot of different, um, protein shakes and like you said, diet sodas, um, people reach for Splenda and I've heard people say things like, oh yeah, they say it's the closest thing to natural. And I mean, well, no, <laughs> no. Correct. Correct. So be careful, the word. be careful of the word natural. Y- yeah, that's, you are not kidding on that. Be careful of it. I mean, they possibly come from natural sources. It means it came from a natural product, but, uh, the process of putting it into the product it becomes is, is completely unnatural and, uh, and it's, it's, Poison, really. Yeah, poison, yeah. Really. Well, there's no regulation on it, so they can right. they can call it natural all they yes. want. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you so much. We got we got really wrapped up in this. I didn't even take any more breaks. <laughs> I did one in the beginning. That was great. Um, so let's share just a little bit more, um, or share your contact information again so that people can find you. Um, you know, we talked about how awesome it is to work with you. If anybody has any questions, you can ask me too. Um, you know, Dr. Gillespie is the very first functional medicine doctor that I've ever worked with, but, um, you know, it, he's been great. He's answered all of our questions. Um, he's followed up with us a lot. And then I loved what, um, what Shanna said. So she's my thermography technician. You guys may have listened to her podcast too. Um, so she listens to doctors talk about hormones on a regular basis. Like she said, she's heard about 50 of them speak about hormones, but, um, she said, Dr. Gillespie, was, um, he put it together so well, like better than all 50 of those other doctors put together. So anyway, so I, I just think you're awesome. Um, and Steve's loved working with you. So what is your contact information again? So basically you can, there's various websites you can reach us at. And, uh, so we have a general, I mean, the practice, which is pretty much an integrative health practice is, uh, elite performance and pain. Uh, and you can sort of, um, you can go to the website for that, which is buildmestronger.com. And, uh, and you'll see both of us, Dr. Jeremiah and Dr. Dr. Myself, Dr. Stewart, um, on, on that webpage. And uh, we sort of take an integrative approach. He sort of deals with sort of inflammation caused by structural imbalances and stuff like that. And I take care of inflammation based on functional imbalance. And so we sort of take a whole body approach to that. So that's buildmestronger.com. Um, there's also, we're going to be doing a lot of more webinars um, uh, around sort of gut health and brain health in particular. And... Uh, there's a, we have a website now called betterbrainbetterbody.com. And what we're doing in there is sort of relating you know, gut health and brain health to all these different scenarios and how you fix those situations. And we have, we're doing webinars and you can sort of see some videos there uh, and get more information uh, and really sort of come in and sort of see us. And if you think you've been helped by anything that we've talked about today and anything you find in these websites, um, the idea is that, you know, please come in, have a chat with us and... Uh, um, get to the underlying cause of your problem, and uh, and you'd be surprised how, you know, f- easy um, these problems are fixed if you go after the fundamental problems. And I'm not saying that everything out there is an easy fix. Sometimes it can be six months, sometimes it can be a year, but um, you'll know that we'll target what's going on um, with you as opposed to sort of guessing and 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 and, and figuring it out as we go along. Um, you know, we 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 sort of able to hone in on the problems very very quickly and uh, and achieve, you know, some very good results for the long term. For the long term, <laughs> for the long term yes. I mean, it's our goal to get you in and out as fast as possible. Uh, you know, yeah. so um, and that doesn't mean that we don't take care of you fully. <laughs> it just means that we don't want to see you after three months. Um, we want you to sort of um, 
build a referral based practice based on your results and uh, how you're feeling and and you sort of bring in your friends and your family in um, and uh, it's not our goal to sort of keep you under therapy for years and years and years it's just not the way we want to do it uh, and we don't give out a lot of supplements because you know um, supplements are there for the short term um, but we want your body producing your own supplements your own hormones and, uh, and that's how we do it great thank you so much and thanks for listening and we will talk to you again next week dirty old part of the city where the sun refused to shine people tell me it ain't no use in trying My little girl, you're so young and pretty And one thing I know is true 